today, Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, saying what he wants to say and playing what he wants to play, broadcasting from the beautiful studios DRS ATL, the owner, Wahid Gomes, executive producer of the show, consummate host, and running the audio for us on the show. And then it wouldn't be a Facebook Live uh, show without the genius of Otis Tillman from Mississippi, the birth of music, as our guest uh, has said. <laughs> and uh, thank, uh, thank the fellows because I don't know how they pull it all together. We got Zoom, we got Facebook, we got all this technology of which I know nothing about, but thank God they do. So I'm just totally stoked to have Johnny Harpo Hodson, Reverend Slackjaw, the soulful storytelling lead singer for not one band, but two bands, both Greylock <laughs> and the Headhunters Blues Band, coming all the way from the UK. Johnny, welcome. How's it going, man? Yeah, yeah. Or I should say good morning, because I believe you've just uh, you just flipped over the witching yeah, hour. Ju- just about, man. Yeah, yeah, the witching hour, as I like to say, man, yeah. Um, <laughs> This is, but this is my time when I'm most awake, man. If you want to get a good vocal take out of me, now's the time to do it. You know, so, uh, <laughs> the stereotypic musician, right? Late night. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like, um, you know what? The uh, the management called us for something recently. It was uh, ten. Uh, it was, oh, it was two in the afternoon. I said morning. He said it's two in the afternoon. I said it's morning for a musician. <laughs> you're on a different. <laughs> you're on a different time schedule. Well, Johnny, oh, welcome. Totally, and for your fans, uh, those that are up. The way we roll ride the vibe is we do an old-fashioned uh, music listening party, back, you know, harkening back in the day when you know we, we put albums on the turntable for uh, those out there that even know what those kind of things are, albums and turntables, all they're coming back, which is kind of cool. But, and we'd listen to the music you know, in its entirety. And I always thought at the time, man, wouldn't it be killer you know, if you had the artist in your dorm room or in your apartment you know, in college where you could talk to them and say, what, what inspired that? So that, this is a kind of a dream come true for me. And we, the way we roll the shows, we're going to play uh, six of your songs. We're going to play three videos and then a couple uh, audio files. We're not playing them in their entirety, y'all, because we want you to go out and buy buy the CD. Don't just do the Spotify thing because poor Johnny and the poor musicians, as I understand it, uh, if you download on Spotify, they're making point zero zero. Three three one cent per stream, and that's got to get split by artists, management, business managers, blah blah blah. And uh, the only one making the money is uh, CEO Fat Cat Daniel Elk, uh, who Mike Mills tells to go f himself uh, over his his uh, suggestion that artists just needed to release more to make more money. Yeah, right. So go out and buy uh, Johnny's stuff, uh, the Greylocks and the Headhunters Blues albums. Don't just download it. But anyway, we're going to play uh, some songs, and we're going to talk about the music, and we encourage listeners to sit back in the comfort of an environment of their choosing, have a beverage of their choice. In this studio, I'm featuring some sparkled water from a sponsor of ours, Drinkmate, a small startup out of Michigan. They'll take any beverage you have and sparkle it up. I just love this product and love the beverage, and I'm featuring it in a nice mug that my uh, sweet sister gave me. That appropriately says on it, enjoy the ride. Whoops, I got to get that framed up. Enjoy the ride. So, Johnny, cheers. Yeah, you too, brother. You know what? I, I see it makes anything fizzy. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's uh, a, a thing you want to test out. 
Can you imagine fizzy milk? <laughs> no, that might not be good. <laughs> but uh, you can re you can fizz some white wine. So if you're looking for a way to uh, celebrate your engagement, which was in uh, 2017, we verified yes, the year now to Jessica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boss told me. Yeah. <laughs> the boss told you. So I need yeah, you. Yeah. I need. I need you to unpack uh, the Harpo, the Reverend Slackjaw. Talk about those yes. monikers. Well, you know, man, um, uh, the Slackjaw thing now is. For the headhunters, man, we've had a we've had a bunch of people come through the doors, and we've got a pretty solid lineup now. We've just got a new drummer, and he was asking about the nicknames. Uh, guitar players Big Bill Ryden, um, bass players Blackjack Scully, the keys players Wild Johnny Wildfingers Wishart, uh-huh. and I'm uh, Slackjaw Johnny. I've, and I, the rule is that you can't you can't nickname yourself. You can't kind of you know give yourself a name. Yeah. And uh, I was playing with a guy, uh, a killer kind of country blues guy from Liverpool called Tom Croft. And uh, he called me Slackjaw once. And I was like, that's perfect. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keeping it. Yeah. And, but I am an ordained reverend. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm are. an ordained reverend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a proper one, you know, like, <laughs> like it, internet ordination, you know, but I, I am an ordained reverend. I, uh, I can, but oddly enough, know if I can uh, I think it's more for uh, the United States I can marry people in 48 of the 50 states interesting yeah. wow yeah. have you yeah. done any marriages <laughs> uh, not knowingly <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't want to go there <laughs> yeah knowing. yeah that's, that's yeah. maybe maybe at some point you know <laughs> yeah and then the harpo I think that's I, I think an obvious one but just rather well, than make you assumptions know, I, Oddly enough, Harpo is because I don't really want to have uh, Facebook. Um, I, I've got to a point where I just don't kind of see the point in having a personal Facebook, and I only really have it for like the running of the pages, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So I called myself Johnny Harpo so people can't find me. <laughs> oh. Well, I couldn't find you. Yeah. yeah. And, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Because um, somebody said, oh, is that because you play harp? Yeah. And I said, no, It's uh, I was watching the Marx Brothers. I, I wondered if that was the other, yeah. Harp or Marx, yeah, yeah. Harp yeah, killer, yeah. But yeah. that, well, I, I figured it was one of the two or probably a combination of both, but I'm glad you shared yeah. shared that with me. Yeah, cool. yeah. I love the Marx Brothers, man. That's, yeah, uh, um, that Groucho. Was, and what a what a yeah. genius. I mean, just really, yes. really. Yeah, sp- yeah. I've watched a yeah. couple documentaries on him, and he really smart yeah. those smart. guys worked hard as yeah. well man like they were proper hard working yeah. guys there's a killer story about um sorry to run off on a tangent oh no yeah uh, love it Ch- chico who played the piano yeah um he when when all the movies were silent movies yeah. um he'd get a because when the movie theaters were you know on every street corner uh, when they'd roll into town just to earn a bit of extra bread he'd get a job playing the piano um now his harpo his twin um could also play the piano but only knew one song so what Chico would do is he'd, he'd do a week playing the piano in, a, in one of these movie theaters. Then he'd go across the street and get a, a job in the other movie theater. And Harpo would go into the original theater and play the same song, just at different speeds, until he got found out and fired. And then they'd go zigzagging up the street in the town until they all got worked out. I thought that was killer, man. I thought that was fantastic. I love that. That's what a, a great... hustle. Yeah. What a hustle. Yeah, well, they were all they were vaudeville. They grew up in the vaudeville. I mean, they ha- they hustled from a very that's very young true. age. They were they were on yeah. stage. Amazing but story. That's, that's how Harpo went silent in it. Harpo, his first time on stage, he just clammed up, <laughs> and everybody loved it. He kind of went, "I reckon I could do this." Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> and get paid the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. That's man. brilliant. Love it. 
Well, I think we need to. I think we need to tee up a little "Shine on Me," which is your current Greylock single, and we're going to do that in a video format, y'all. And then uh, come back and chat about that. And we're only going to play a couple minutes again because we want you to go out and buy that album. And Johnny's going to let you know where you can get all that stuff in a minute after we hear the song. So let's cue that up if we could, fellas. Little sh- Johnny Harpo, Reverend Slackjaw, frontman for Keylock. Talk about that single, the video, the backup singers, your bandmates, all of, all of the above, Johnny. Oof. Uh, <laughs> you know what, man? That band came together uh, in early 2018. We started, uh, me and Aaron started jamming. Um, I think me and him were both a little, I just kind of, in the process of leaving a band where I'd just left a band that yeah. I'd been six years and I'd put my heart and soul into it. And I'd kind of, I think I'd kind of lost my way a little bit with music and I was feeling a little bit cooked. Yeah. And uh, I think he'd done the same thing. He'd always led a band. He'd, he'd, he'd sang previously and he was kind of looking for a singer. And I was kind of not really looking for the next thing I was going to do. I was kind of, you know, do I keep doing this or, or whatever? And then we started writing, start, uh, starting writing music together, kind of, offered our souls to each other if you like and uh shine on me was one of the earlier tunes we wrote the first single we put out coming home that was i think the actually the first song we probably wrote together but shine on me was in uh, in those early sessions certainly yeah. but i i was i was singing that chorus line i was walking around let it shine 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 and I, and I rang him up and i said what's this man have i heard this in your car or is this a yeah. like a what is it? And he went, that's yours, I think. I was like, oh, shit, man. <laughs> well, we better, 
we better write a song around the rest of that, you know. And then he, he sent me some chord ideas over in yeah. uh, a pre-chorus, and then we and it all just kind of slotted together real quick. Um, and then uh, yeah, then management uh, suggested that as the second single, mm. and then uh, the video we recorded uh, at uh, Winter's End Festival, man, which we did just before we went into lockdown. Yeah. And yeah, we got the we got uh, SA and Sister Sheena on uh, on the on the, the harmony vocals. Nice. Um, Essay's got her own band, man. Essay and the Voodoo people. She's uh, she's killer, man. You should uh, check her out. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to have her on the show. You'll have to pass yeah, the word. You should do that, man. Yeah, she's uh, she's excellent. Man. She's Very nice. And that's Aaron Greylock is Keylock. Yeah, yeah. Keylock, rather. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, so he had a thing going on his own. Um, he toured with Black and Smoke. And, yeah. Uh, all this kind of thing, and I think he kind of, uh, I think he took, I think he felt like he'd taken him. Uh, himself as far as he could with that kind of lineup. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we, yeah, we put a band together, man, and, and um, we searched high and low for the right players. Like yeah. The, and you've got uh, Tom Carter and Joe Major and and, and yes, uh, Connor. Yeah. 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 Um, we we just found the best guys we could, you know, and they're from all over the country. The drummers from way up in the northeast. Yeah. Um, Tom is from somewhere from Middle Earth, I think. Um, and uh, Connor's from East London, um, and we just the traveling rock and roll circus. Man. circus we get together yeah. and we we make all this crazy music, man. It's beautiful. Well, you know, you, you and I talked about it in the run up to the show, but I referenced. Uh, I wondered if that name had any uh, bearing or had any genesis in the uh, Joe Cocker Mad Dogs and Englishmen tour because yeah. they uh, when they and that's a great video, a great DVD if, for those that. Uh, are, are fans of Joe Cocker and who wouldn't um, be? What a voice, man! Yeah, what a singer! Uh, unbelievable! And they yeah. build themselves. Mad Dogs and Englishmen, English rock singer Joe Cocker, and forty-two musicians, girlfriends, and children, and they had pets too. A communal rock and roll circus. <laughs> and yeah. the lineup yeah. for those that don't know, I mean, he, Joe Cocker, not you know that that's good enough. But then you got Leon Russell, Chris Staten. On keyboards, who's toured with Clapton all the time, Carl Rattle, Jim Price, Bobby Keys, Jim Gordon, Jim Keltner, Rita Coolidge. I mean, ah, yeah, yeah so good yeah, moniker man. for you guys. Well, yeah, I think what what I think we wanted to kind of channel is that um, we're taking rock and roll back a little bit, you know, um, it, you know, take a step back to take two steps forward, if you like, because um, uh, I don't think in the UK there's a lot of it going on that really rootsy rock and roll you know yeah. what i mean i think a lot of it's kind of a lot of it's called blues rock and i've got a bit of an issue with stuff being called blues rock because rock without blues isn't rock yeah um so it's all blues rock you know what i mean so it's got the blues has to be in there otherwise yeah. it isn't rock and roll and um, so we just wanted to do that kind of like that yeah like a ragtag mad dogs and englishmen kind of vibe yeah wow you know You've got it. Well, what's the situation like for uh, getting back out on the road? How's it looking over there in the UK? Uh, not for a while, I yeah. don't think. Um, we got together last week to do some demos, um, probably for an EP. Um, I couldn't tell you when it's going to be out. I couldn't yeah. tell you what's on it. I yeah. I haven't that bit's out of my hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got together last week to. Um, Four fifths of us, the keys players out in uh, in Spain, because mm. uh, he's from Middle Earth, you know. Oh yeah. Um, and 
yeah, so we got together to kick around some new music, man, and it was uh, it was just a kind of big, fantastic release of energy getting together. Yeah, right because it's been so... Well, I love my sister to death, but uh, she sent me an article today that depressed me. It was in the... <laughs> <laughs> was in the uh, Tennessee lookout. Nashville music industry on the brink of calamity. Asked government for, for, government for help. And, you know, the, one of the, the quotes in here I thought, that I thought was kind of fascinating, this was uh, the owner of the club Exit Inn, which is a big one up in Nashville, and he said, you have to explain to people who say, well, why don't you just pivot? Because there is no pivot option. And what he yeah. meant by that is, you know, unlike restaurants, they can't, you, you all can't do takeout. You can't deliver beverages. Yeah. You can't have the food delivered. You, you know, none of that's possible. And yeah. the, the dilemma, as you know, it is the, the beautiful thing was getting together a lot of people in a small club with folks up on stage <laughs> saying loud stuff, you know, spewing out, out a lot of yeah. uh, music. And so it may be a while and it's just a bloody yeah. shame. Yeah, well, somebody said to me today, actually, why don't you just, like, because the social distancing gig's coming back, why don't you just do one of them? It's like, what's the fucking point, you know? Like, yeah. the, the idea is that you, if you've got a, especially with stuff like, with the headhunters, man, if we go to some of those blues clubs, they hold 50 people. Right. What's the point in having 20 people, you know what I mean? Like, because the club's not making any money. No, the, the band, right. therefore, doesn't get, you know, the money it needs to travel yeah. about, and you can't put a tour together on that either. No. Like, there's, um, we had to pull a gig in, november because it was uh like a socially distanced thing and to make it work we'd have to go and we'd have to play the night either side so if it's a saturday we'd have to play the friday and the sunday and it's just not happening you know yeah. it's just not possible at the moment and if the idea is socially distanced it kind of leaves me cold man it's yeah. kind of negates not, the, yeah, the whole idea I, of playing live I, yeah so it's even more important, y'all. Please, please go out and support these musicians. Buy their albums. Buy their CDs. You, we're not able to go see them because they're not performing. So they're not making any money. So we got some money in our pockets. Let's spend it and support them because it's tough for them. Because really, that's where you make your money. You're not making it from Spotify, the streams. You know. No, no. So it's got to be through I love the way that this guy's also like demanding that you go write more music. You know, like what? Like yeah. it's. I'd, I'd rather days. have a... a yeah. yeah, like it's because everything's disposable, man. Everything's right. plastic and we'll just throw it away. And right. it's um, that's a crazy world we live in. And I didn't think music could get to that point where it was so disposable and just so kind of, this one's broken, let's get a new one. Soulless, yeah. And, yeah, oh, and it really is, isn't it, man? Very Except cool. for Keylock and the Headhunters Blues <laughs> Band. So we're going to take just a short break to uh, support our gracious sponsor, DRSATL. And uh, for all you musicians out there, they've also got a cool value proposition. Got a little boutique publishing uh, that uh, Waheed can talk to you about if you're looking for another revenue stream. So anyway, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back talking with Johnny Hudson, Harpo. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404 404- 
800-800-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. And they are the bomb, DRSATL. Waheed, just a consummate uh, host and executive producer of the show and wouldn't be a ride of the vibe without him. So I hope uh, you musicians will think about uh, supporting him in his studio. So, Johnny, talk about when you recognized you had a passion for music. Uh, hmm. I think, uh, you know, I think I was on, uh, I was on holiday with the family. Um, I was on vacation with the family and we went to a car boot sale. And my dad um, picked up a cassette of the Sweets Greatest Hits. Yeah. Remember those cassettes you'd yeah, have to put the yeah. pyro in them? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, had Great, man, love them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I was just, I think he kind of bought it as a bit of a joke, like a throwback to me, you know, for me, mum and dad. Yeah. And uh, he put it on in the car, and um, it started, I think the first track was um, Ballroom Blitz. And I was just like, oh, what's going on here? Because um, po- I don't think popular music had really done anything for. I can't really remember any popular music yeah. from when I was a kid. And, uh, then, and, and yeah. the sweet uh, cassette. How old were you, Johnny? Seven. Wow! And it just hit you. About, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> and then uh, I kind of I was really into the sweet. And then yeah. uh, about a year later, maybe uh, uh, maybe a year, my dad um, kind of went. Well, if he likes the sweet, he like Queen. Yeah. And so we got me a couple of Queen CDs, and yeah. I did. I was really into Queen. I mean, I was a mega Queen fan. Yeah. And then in 2005, Queen toured with this guy, this guy called Paul Rogers. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I, I remember my dad telling me, oh, Queen are going on the road. And I was like, well, who's singing? Is it Brian and Roger? And, and my dad was like, no, this guy called Paul Rogers. And I went, yeah. who's Paul Rogers? Yeah. You know? And uh, if your dad goes, you know, all, all right now, feel like making love. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't care who this, this guy is. I'm going to go see Queen. Yeah. And uh, they opened with like a, a semi-acoustic track thing. And then they, they opened like the kind of the, the set properly with Tie Mother Down. And the rest of the world fell away completely. Um, it was my closest uh, experience of kind of finding religion, I think. It was like meeting God. Just a seminal uh, moment was, for you. The world oh, changed for you. Absolutely. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was like May the 5th or 6th, 2005. Wow. I was on the back row of the Manchester <laughs> Arena. I was closer to Freddie Mercury than I was to Paul Rogers. I was that high up in the gods. Um, and honestly, seeing Paul Rogers that yeah. night, was that was it. I was like, well, he's the coolest man in all the world. And yeah. I, I, I need a slice of that. Yeah. Um, and then I went and yeah, kind of followed the followed the path, you know. I followed it back into I found free like free stuff and uh, bad company stuff. And then it, it took me a little while, but I got to Muddy Water Blues, yeah. And um, everything started to kind of all the building blocks started yeah, to kind to of layer. Fit into, wow. Uh, talk uh, about before like, we get into Muddy Waters, Jenny. Talk about uh, your story of sneaking into uh, see Paul Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So I went to see, it was quite an intimate gig and I, uh, I paid me money, you know, to get into the gig. And there was a kind of um, meet and greet this way sign. So I was like, right, okay, well, those security guys look like they want to go home. 
So I kind of just puffed my chest out and kind of just, all right, fellas, how's it going? And just walked straight past them and joined the back of the queue. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's, and it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Sure, sure. It? Brilliant. So yeah. <laughs> I, I just joined the back of the queue and I'd met Cynthia a couple of times, his wife, who was a wonderful, wonderful person. Yeah. And uh, I thought, do you reckon, I wonder if she's going to get onto it and be like, you haven't got to get out, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just kind of joined the back of the queue and I looked, try to look confident and then i'm within feet of the guy and i'm like oh my god that's he's real he's yeah. stood right there you know yeah. and um I, I shook i shook his hand and i, I said man you're my uh otis redding because he always says that otis redding taught him how to sing yeah and i thought he was gonna go like punch me on the shoulder and go i've heard that one before kid yeah jog on yeah um but he he was like, oh man, that's super nice, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, he's actually he's a real person. And then yeah. we we just spoke music for about twenty minutes. I've met him a couple of times, then, and he's um, he's always just the nicest the nicest guy. Yeah. He's always got good advice, you know. Um, what a great is, mentor uh, and connection to have and and role model. I mean, yeah, uh, at this, I I I'll quite confidently tell you, and I think he is the best. Um, probably the best singer I think to have ever lived, you know. Mm. Um, I, I don't think there's anyone out there really that's as good as he is. Wow. That man's got soul for yeah. days, you know. There's a few, I, I hold a, I hold a few singers way up high, yeah. but Paul Rogers is a step Is there, in wow. Well, and Otis Redding from uh, our neck of the woods down in Macon, Georgia. Oh, yeah, man. The Otis Blue album, man. It's one of those perfect albums, isn't it? It's, um, and, we, and, and we share a common a connection and have to give a shout-out to Lucy Pillar yes, with All Right yeah. Now Entertainment, yes. who is uh, probably second to you, maybe, or first to you, a, a, a Paul Rogers fan. And I think she beats me. Yeah, you know, maybe I a little bit. <laughs> That's yeah, a yeah. wise thing to yeah. say, Johnny. Yeah, yeah so not, Lucy, maybe, if, you're out, if you're out there listening, thank you so much for the introduction to Johnny. Yes. yes, thank you very much. I actually think I met Lucy because of that sneaking in to that, that meet and greet. Ah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say I paid Lucy. I paid all the money to, to meet him. I oh, she or, she had organized it. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, I think it was after that that um, I can't remember. I think Cynthia said, "Oh, get in touch with Lucy, and yeah. Lucy will put us in touch." And yeah, uh, with something I can't remember what it was. Yeah, via email. And I think that's how I got in touch with Lucy. I and I think it. I've probably been pestering the poor woman ever since. <laughs> Yeah, she's such a delightful lady. <laughs> As I say, you know, the whole seven degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon, it's two to three degrees of separation yeah. from every musician on the planet with Lucy Pillar. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. I think, you know what? Actually, man, I toured with um, a fantastic guy called Marco Mendoza. He played uh, with Thin, he played bass for Thin Lizzy. He played with White Snake. He played for the Dead Daisies. Mm. He's a um, fantastic solo artist. I toured, uh, I toured with him. And um, that's kind of three degrees of separation. Like he's friends with Steven Tyler, so yeah. I, I say that I'm step friends with Steven Tyler. It's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, like adopted friends. Yeah. You know, any friend of his is a friend, a friend of mine. Of your, kind of course. Thing, Why I'm not? Friend, you know? you got a way yeah. we roll it. Well, I think we yeah. need to uh, hear a little "Coming Home," which was your yeah. debut uh, key lock track, as I understand yes. it. So let's hear yes. "Coming Home." That's in a video format. And again, while we're playing this music, you all go out and buy that CD from Johnny. And Johnny, where can they get the? What's the? Wh- you know. It's currently all digital, man. So iTunes, it okay. um, it, it's on all those digital platforms. Yeah, okay. and there, there will be something physical soon and hopefully Good. vinyl. All right. So be on the lookout for that, y'all, and then buy it when it comes out. All right. Let's hear a little coming home if we could, fellas.
love it. You are on Ride the Vibe with Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. And in this case, hanging out with Johnny Hodson from the UK, late now, or morning uh, over there, and uh, listening to Greylock, uh, their debut single, Coming Home. Talk about uh, working with producer, and I'm going to butcher his first name, so I won't even try to do his nickname, Will uh, Mayer. <laughs> That's all right. We can't pronounce it either. Oh, um, <laughs> good. Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a video somewhere of our keys player trying to pronounce it and him just laughing at him. Um, but yeah, uh, Will's great, man. And Will produced um, stuff for The Answer. Um, and Lu Lucy knows those guys as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and because uh, we share management with The Answer and, and Cormac. Okay. Uh, Cormac Neeson's one of my heroes as well, man. He's, um, that guy's. So if, you, if you haven't checked The Answer out or Cormac stuff, Michael, yeah. you really need to because yeah. uh, they are probably one of the last real bastions of rock and roll, I think. Oh, um, but yeah, it was good to work with him, man, because again, it was like um, it was like a kind of tick off the list for me. You know, what I yeah. mean, I, I'd, um, I'd I'd bought all the answers records every you know every time an answer record came out, I went and got one. Yeah, and then to kind of share a management with them, that was that was amazingly cool. And then to be in the studio with Will, who I've actually known for quite a while, he came up to Liverpool years ago, man, and I. I I think I'd add him on, on Facebook just from seeing him on on the uh, you know the album notes. Yeah, because to be in a studio with him finally was really good, man. And it, um, he's uh, he's a killer producer, man. He's he, yeah. um, he he's uh, he likes to. I think he I think it's fair to say that he he, he he's, he's not got like a set way of work, and he'll work with the artist as opposed to at the artist. Yeah, you know what I mean? there's a big um, difference there. I think so, yeah, because a, a producer I think can. Um, really change how an album sounds obviously you know um and i think he definitely got the best out of it as well because we flew we'd played a festival in spain actually about uh, a day day before we played a festival we flew in landed at heathrow and then went straight to the airport mm. the most rock and roll i've ever felt in my life <laughs> you were um, immersed yeah yeah literally i don't think we were driven though i think we actually got the tube which was slightly less rock and roll but you know <laughs> um and the the air the way the air circulates on planes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, talks my voice, right, right. And uh, so we went in, and the idea was to do it all live. Um, and I, I think I, I stepped up to the mic, <laughs> you know, whoops, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't think this is happening today. Yeah. Uh, so the band recorded the tracks, and then I went and did the vocal takes, but we did them pretty quick, as I, I said to him. I don't like doing a million takes of the vocal. Um, right. It's uh, because I think you lose the soul. You know, and yeah. if you're not getting any one or two, I think it's probably best to stay so with, that. with that. Yeah. He, he'd let me do a couple of takes, then have 10 minutes and do another take. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good experience, man. And, and uh, that studio was beautiful as well. It was on like a little island in the middle of the Thames. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was. Uh, we did uh, coming home and shine at the same time, yeah. but the, the the interesting thing was watching the lads um, recording coming home through uh, through the through the glass. Yeah, because that's like seven and a half minutes, you know, and uh, I, you could see them all sweating as we're getting to the seven minute mark, and nobody <laughs> fucked this up, you know, like you don't want to be that guy, you know, that, yeah, that drops right, the right, ball. it screws it up, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. of pressure. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, it was good, man. Yeah. I so, love those boys, man. So just watching that video there, I, I miss them, you know. Yeah. 
Well, I want to take a short break to support a, a sponsor near and dear to my heart, Foundation for Premature. Uh, easy for me to say, and I'm only drinking this sparkling water from Drinkmate. I've got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Foundation for Premature Infants near and dear to my heart. And then when we come back, Johnny, I want you to uh, talk about um, uh, releasing singles versus albums and you know the way the music industry is now compared to the way it was. But we'll be right back. Just a short break here. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. You are back on Ride the Vibe. We're going to pick up where we left off with Johnny Hodson. Johnny, talk about, uh, again, single versus album, your thoughts on that and the way the industry is now. It's odd, man, because um, it's changed unprecedented. Yeah. It's yeah. changed so much. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot more tactical now, I think, mm-hmm. because, um, because stuff like BBC Radio isn't, you know, like mainstream radio isn't really relied on as much to release, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. I think it's it's changed so much. Like, like I, I just want to get in the studio and make an album, and then and six months later, I want to make another one. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can, if you listen carefully, you can hear my management screaming somewhere because <laughs> uh, it's 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 all it's like a game of chess. Yeah. You know, like when uh, when we put coming home out first, I was like, coming home first. Why not shine? And they were like, "No, Johnny. What we've got to do is get them in. Uh, you know, get them in on coming home, and then uh, then we'll give them shine." And I was like, "Oh, okay. That's not how I, I'd have done it at all. You know, and yeah. that's why I'm not a manager. That's yeah. why I'm a singer." Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the next thing for Keylock will be an EP. Yeah. Um, which is what we're demoing for now. We've got about thirty songs. Um, wow. Which is a good pool to choose from. Yeah. Um. And uh, I, I want to put a cover on it, and whether they'll let us or not, I don't know. But yeah. um, I want to put a. We play a Motown song actually, man, by uh, Edwin Starr. We play Twenty Five mm. Miles. Oh wow! Is, um, yeah, one of my favorite songs. And again, man, what a voice, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'd what I've wanted to do. I wanted to do Twenty Five Miles as a rock and roll song. Yeah. Since I can remember hearing it about ten years ago, uh-huh. uh, at a at a soul night in Liverpool somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember storming over to the DJ and saying. Who's this? <laughs> and he's like, "25 miles by Edwin Starr," and I was like writing that down on my hand, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it sounds. I think it sounds killer as a rock and roll song. Yeah. And but like, for since, since the year Dartman, good rock and roll bands, I think, have been releasing covers. You know, like yeah. Free did the Hunter, of course, with Albert King. Right. Uh, Led Zeppelin's well, entire. I was going to say, albums, yeah, a lot of Led Zeppelin you know, stuff is yeah. Muddy Waters, Waters right, cover right. album. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of Clapton and stuff. Is, yeah. Of course, man. The Beatles, the Stones, oh, all those rock right, and roll bands right. release good covers. Yeah, and uh, and mainly from black artists as well, man. And yeah. I want to kind of just tread that route as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's where a lot of my listening lives. So I, love I thought it. it'd just be really cool to to, to ch- you know change something up yeah. and see how it sounded as a rock and roll song. Well, that's a good uh, good transition because we're going to s- switch gears a little bit and go to uh, your other band. <laughs> it's yes, not, yeah. You can't yeah. just have one band. You got to be in all. You got to be no. in two bands. <laughs> no, no. The Headhunters Blues Band, and it's yeah. been said of them. This is now a really top blues band, certainly on, amongst the top ten in the UK, who are moving to a different level and firing so smoothly and easy on all five cylinders. Not sure who that quote was from, but very uh, high praise. And I'd love to queue up if we could. We're going to do this in an audio file. Uh, 24 hours. Headhunters oh, Blues Band. A Muddy Waters tune. Yeah, oh, love beautiful. it, love it, love it, love it. And then we're beautiful. going to talk a little muddy. we got to talk a little muddy. Oh, God, all day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be, we're going to be right back. Stay with us. We're going to play this song and then talk about all things blues. quote I cited earlier was from Jim Gillespie of the Potteries Blues Club. So shout out to Jim. And then uh, Pete Best, former Beatle, said the band took yeah. him back to his youth. And that song uh, was off your first, uh, second out, your live second, one, second yeah. album, uh, yeah. Great, The Great Migration. Yes. Uh, you know what, man? The funny thing about the Pete Best story is yeah. we're playing on Matthew Street. We're just opposite the cavern. And uh, we were uh, we do we were doing two forty five minute slots, yeah. and uh, this this guy, this silver haired guy with a beard, and I'm like, I recognise you. Oh, I've probably seen you at a gig. Comes over and he's like, Oh, this is great stuff, man. You know, oh, it really takes me back. And I'm like, Oh, you dig all this stuff, man? He's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, killer, man. I'll, I'll catch you later. <laughs> and then uh, somebody said to me, That's Pete Best. I was like. I just met a fucking beetle. <laughs> I didn't un- even know, you know. <laughs> That's unbelievable. You kind of recognize him, but, you know, the years have, have, have gone by. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He was great. He was 
very nice as well, man, and uh, yeah. high praise, you know, because they so grew up on that music. Talk about your connection to uh, Muddy Waters, because it's deep, and, uh, you <sighs> know, 50-year anniversary, all the, all the rest. Just touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Muddy, again, man, Paul Rogers really kind of focused my listening, I think, um, because, you know, the Sweet and Queen are one thing, and, and it's great, you know what I mean? Like, especially that early Queen stuff. Um, but when I found the blues, man, I, I, it was almost this thing kind of woke up inside, like that had lived there forever, you know, yeah. since before I was born or something. And uh, and then when I found Muddy Waters, man, and when I really found Muddy Waters, like the second coming, it must have been about six, seven years ago, that I, I sat down and properly listened to Fathers and Sons, Sons which yeah. is my favorite album in all the world. It's unbelievable. Came out as a double, uh, partly live Partly studio, yeah. double yeah. album, uh, and then yeah. the CD, just a CD. And it's uh, celebrating, it's, as I understand, 50th anniversary, I believe. From Last year, from man, last because year? we yeah. toured it. Oh. And we, we, did a, we did the Fathers and Sons tour with, wow. the, with the papal blessing of the Morganfield family, man. Yeah, oh, we know Joe is uh, his youngest son. And yeah. I messaged him because, I mean, I'll be honest. I think we were probably going to do it anyway. <laughs> but it was hearkening nice back to, to your ask for forgiveness, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, exactly. It's the way you, we see how you roll. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, you know. And uh, he, he sent me a message basically saying if I was going to trust anyone to do it, it's you. And I was like, oh, Christ, you know. And yeah. then, um, yeah, I, I was, um, I wanted an excuse to tour it. And when I found out it was 50 years old, we went and learned a, a bunch of the. Um, bunch of the tracks we didn't do the full thing yeah. um maybe one day i will yeah um but yeah and uh, that was one of the tracks that stuck around in the live set 24 hours and mm. um, because it just i think the way we play it as well it builds a little more than mud yeah i think we we play probably more like the the, the butterfield blues band that approached yeah and of course butterfield played half on that whole record you know and it was basically yeah. that band that backed him i think but apart from donald duck dunn who was the bass player yeah i mean um, Don, you got donald duck dunn and you got uh Michael Sam Bloomfield Lama. out there, and then yeah. uh, Otis Span. I mean, it's unbelievable yes. lineup. I mean, killer. Otis Span, man. I mean, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean that that whole album, man. Um, is just. In fact, when I when we went into lockdown, uh, my day would start um coffee, and I'd listen to all the fathers and sons. Yeah. And I go right, okay, I can start the day now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all's right with the world it's not gonna go yeah. well i listen to it all today in the run-up to the show you know just going yeah. whoa i mean you just get immersed yeah. into it so another yes. one oh. for you all to go oh. out and buy for sure mm -hmm. oh yeah um i mean our version of, father, of uh, 24 hours is good but forget going and getting that go and listen to the one on fathers and sons it's far better than ours well go no <laughs> then, uh, you're selling yourself too short i love, love them both they're different uh you get them both you know come on y'all you're not going to music venues now so you can go spend yeah what money. are you spending your money yeah, on you exactly know? <laughs> how expensive are drugs these days yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can do both well i think we uh, ought to queue up uh, now this is another headhunters blues band song this comes off your debut back to the delta album uh, uh, yeah. Who's coming down the road? Let's hear a little bit of that if we could, fellas.
Magazine said, this is a brilliant album. They have created a very special feel to the blues they play. Back from the Delta is an album of songs from the Delta Blues Treasure Trove, lovingly overlaid with generous coating of Chicago-style gloss. This is a very impressive interpretation of the blues spectrum. You need to catch them live. When we're back live again. And then uh, Paul Wynn of Blues Radio echoed those comments uh, with his uh, comment, this is an absolute class album. And then you got high praise from Muddy's son, uh, Mud Morganfield, who commented he loved the slide work. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. That was a labor of love, that record, man. Um, because the funny thing with the Headhunters was that it was kind of never really supposed to be a band. I was saying... Um, I was, uh, Jess was my, my wonderful better half. Um, she, the Who you were engaged played, to in 2017, as of 2017. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just want to keep reminding you of that, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> I remember, I remember. Um, it was it was incredibly romantic as well, man. I, I, I quite romantic. But uh, that, she was working in a bar, man, and uh, the one, they wanted to put on a jam night, and I said, uh, you know, the city's got a hundred jam nights. You know, I, I, I'm never really overly impressed by them. It tends to just be people getting up and pretending they're Van Halen, you know, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Why don't we put a blues band together mm. and then we'll have like invited guests and they can come and, and, and get up and have a jam on specific songs, you know, yeah. like we'll, we'll say, listen, you come and get up and play Hoochie Coochie Man or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of just developed into like that, the original lineup, none of the members are still there, if you know what I mean, like people came mm. and went. And then yeah. by the time we had a, a really solid, um, solid lineup i said me and the guitar player were like we should make a record man this is this is cool you know this is a cooking band and uh, we should make a record and i'd always wanted to make a blues record but i thought it was probably going to be one of those things that did way in the future yeah um and i i i am of the opinion that i'm not qualified to write blues um uh, i'd only be kind of assimilating something that someone had done better than me you know i can write rock and roll all day long i can pour my heart out and, and uh, uh, writing rock and roll songs it's uh, it's cheaper than therapy you know uh, but with the with the blues man I think um, I, I kind of see the blues as a almost like a time period you know mm-hmm. and uh, I said well why don't we instead of trying to write stuff that sounds roughly like a Chicago blues song because I just want to play Chicago stuff you know with a bit of Memphis stuff thrown in yeah so like, why don't we go and do what the, all those great blues guys did in Chicago which is just go back to the Delta mm-hmm. and and bring some of that stuff forward so the idea then it was like it's a concept album essentially yeah. was that what would if the Paul Butterfield blues band had made another album after Fathers and Sons that wasn't like you know or if Muddy had kind of stuck around and done another like Fathers and Sons 2 yeah 
what would that have sounded like with um some of like the real forgotten stuff like who's coming down the road i think is a pt wheatstraw song there's mm. probably some there's probably some blues purist somewhere pounding his face no it was sleepy <laughs> john estes yeah. um uh it's pt wheatstraw or little Ash jones or something yeah. like that and these guys we'd never heard of me in the guitar player sat in my old flat for hours and hours and hours on end like jess would go to work working the bar she goes to work at you know five in the afternoon she come back at four in the morning like are you guys still here like you know there's an empty pizza box on the floor empty <laughs> coffee cartons all over the place yeah and we just sit sat going oh that want to be really cool with this kind of vibe and then yeah. the guitar player would grab the guitar and he'd noodle around and he'd make a note and then i'd say oh, i like but i like the way that verse changes there oh, oh and then we'd mash songs together and then uh, and then we recorded it all live apart from the harp because mm. um, much to the pleasure of the people around me i've only got one mouth um, so uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd do the vocal live yeah. with the band yeah. and then um, I'd lay the harp straight straight afterwards. Mm. Um, so it was as live as it could possibly be because yeah. um, I think anyone who's going in and, and recording blues songs in layers is, you know, whatever they're smoking isn't isn't worth talking about. It's just not how it should be done at all. And the uh, name, Headhunters, now, you're not hearkening back to Herbie Hancock. I, I no, no. Although people do ask that again, yeah. it's a it's a muddy waters reference. Um, uh-huh. uh, muddy uh, back in the day, had, uh, they were called the All Star Trio. It was Muddy Waters, Jimmy Rogers, and Little Walter. Yeah. And um, but they were so good that people called nicknamed them the Headhunters because they would go play places, and then because they were that good, that whoever was playing at the time would just be told they'd lost their gig. <laughs> I mean, oh, hence who, they were hunting at me. They were, yeah, yeah, right. yes, yeah. They were cutting heads, you know. Yeah. And who wouldn't lose their gigs? Right, Muddy Waters, right, right, Jimmy right, Rogers, right, and Little Walter. Right. So I was like, "That's a really cool name. We'll just take it," you know. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's just a that's all. It's just a tip to the hat to yeah to that Chicago I sound. Love I, think, it. I love it. I love it. You know, and it's so. Yeah. I find it just so fascinating. We were talking about it in the run up to the show how you know in the late '60s the blues in the United States was going out of favor. And R&B was coming into favor. And then all those albums were getting shipped over to Liverpool, right? Because it it's a yeah. port city. And then getting yeah. picked up by the Peter Greens and the Claptons and yeah. Zeppelin and, and the Stones. Yeah. And then sent right back to us. People were going, oh, well, you know, oh, that's the Stones. Look at, you know, that's great music. Yeah. And then you, you drill down and the genesis is the Delta in Chicago. Just crazy. Yeah. That's man, yeah. Because um, that's, I think as well, for the first album, I wanted it to start at the beginning if you like yeah. you know like start and and so the second album kind of the great migration the idea was that it was going to be songs from guys who'd come from the south and gone mm-hmm. to chicago or gone to uh, memphis or yeah. wherever yeah um, i'm not sure if all of those songs are um but that was the kind of rough idea you know yeah um would do you know what we're actually i was in the studio last night actually kicking around some um some some stuff but we're gonna make another album and the head because, headhunters uh, are gonna make another one yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never get tired of making blues records. Yeah. It's, um, it's a lot of fun, you know. Um, and it's, it is my kind of um, meet my go-to. You know, I was yeah. listening to Otis uh, Rush before I, before I came on on air, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I think we've we've got a kind of a tour book ish for February. Yeah. Hopefully it happens, you right. know. Um, please, but if, if we're going on the road, yeah, we need something to tour. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a kind of an album of kind of live favorites that we play and um, some stuff that we're going to give that kind of first record idea of pull it apart. It. And, 
put it back together as a Chicago sound, you know. Well, this uh, this hour has just flown by, and I'd be remiss if we didn't get to uh, you know one of your one of your skill sets is just a soloist. <laughs> so you've got you you know you got two bands, and then you got your uh, and we're gonna do "Do Right by Your Woman," a brilliant yeah. uh, Paul Rogers tune that you do uh, solo. And then we got yeah. this in a video format. So Otis, if we could, uh, and I got to give a shout out to Otis who put together that montage. Uh, Johnny sent us the pics, and uh, so when we were playing the MP3s, that montage was. Uh, done by Otis so thanks Otis let's hear a little do right by your woman and then we're going to talk uh, more with Johnny this is the tune called do right by your woman by bad company do right by your woman she'll do right by you Time spending money and drinking wine. Do right by your woman, she'll do right by you. Do right by your woman, she'll do right by you. Will you always love the loser? But it's different for me now. I change my plan, I'm gonna be a better man. I tell you so, you understand. Do right by your woman, she'll do right by you. Do right by your woman, she'll do right by you. the vibe with Johnny Hudson, Harpo, Reverend Slackjaw, and one more uh, shout out from uh, Dave Fizell, jazz MC and Mercy radio presenter, said the Handhunters are not only the best blues band in Liverpool, they're the best band in the country. It won't take long for the rest of the country to figure that out. And for those of us in the United States, so go out I'm and buy some. Dave some money or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking in my notes, and uh, who's coming down the road? I've got in my notes was a Kansas Joe McCoy tune. Is that would that be? Correct? There you go, Kansas Joe. Yeah, yeah. We did. We dug so deep into that stuff, man. That yeah. um, uh, Little Hat Jones, um, Kansas Joe McCoy, Pete Wheatstraw. There was all these guys I'd never heard yeah, of. Yeah, right. Um, and so yeah, Kansas Joe, man. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, and we we do it pretty much how he does it we just put a rhythm section behind it yeah. you know um great some of that stuff from the library congress recordings is yeah, yeah brilliant man. absolutely so it, as we just wrap up johnny talk about uh, w- how you balance your you know your relationship uh, with jessica two bands solo stuff i mean uh, that's you got a lot going uh, on <laughs> with um with great care <laughs> <laughs> Um, brilliantly said you know what it's tough man it's um yeah 
because I'm still just about in a job, just, you know, <laughs> uh, as well as doing all this. All you this mean one stuff. of those like day I, job I, things where you got the man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, but, you know, man, it's, um, uh, I've, I kind of forgot, coming out of lockdown, I've forgotten just how busy I am all the time, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had like a kind of 17-week, period of just to unplug and kind of go oh is this what normal people do is it you know like it's just sitting yeah. down for more than an hour of a time you yeah. know um but yeah i think um i do i do the uh, like all the kind of booking agent stuff and the management stuff for the headhunters yeah so um it all kind of it, it sits together really nicely um and one kind of helps to fuel the other as well and um, because people go which which band do you prefer yeah and i go well it's just like saying which kid do you prefer right, you know right but, um, and I, if I, if I was just in a blues band, I'd go crazy because I'd like I want to write songs. But if I was writing songs, I'd go crazy because I wasn't playing the blues. Um, so you're so best the, to have the, both outlets. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then uh, I, I try and bring pre- presents home from tours, and uh, we go. You know, we'll go <laughs> to for a weekend Jessica away or something. Yeah. 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 So is yeah. it the bandmates and both bands are they're they're accommodating yeah They're yeah totally yeah, cool. yeah um i mean the, the it's odd really I, the 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 twain don't meet very often but if we're down south and um, with the head hunters aaron will always come up and have a jam yeah um because he loves the blues um yeah. otherwise we wouldn't be friends <laughs> um you hear that Aaron? Yes. so don't give up yeah. on the blues or you'll be uh, he knows be, one yeah he'll be he out of johnny's one. life <laughs> <laughs> he knows and you know well we are um, we are unbelievably out of time i mean the hour has flown by and i just have to say uh you know thank you so much and a, a shout out to everton uh, football club because oh I, yes man, up the toffees. <laughs> forget those forget those reds that that other team yeah, or what yeah. is there's some other team in liverpool i don't know who yeah. they are but everton reserves, everton yeah. reserves. <laughs> everton reserves. <laughs> well johnny it's been a gas we hope to see you in the yeah, states well. any uh parting one parting comment or thought that uh, you want to share with the, your legion of oh fans? be beautiful to each other uh Amen. yeah I think that that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Be beautiful. Be beautiful to each other. I love it. Johnny, thank you so much for staying up late in your, you. uh, in your sweet spot in the midnight hour. Uh, yeah. Amen, brother. God bless. See ya. You too, brother. Peace.